0: Welcome to the Portland Christian Center podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. I always have to be careful with our church. I, I just love this because if I say too much about getting, you know, to say hi to some people, I might not get you back. Cuz we love each other, right? That's what it's really about. Well, I am so glad that you're here. Last Sunday was incredible. Easter, wasn't that amazing? All that God did. In case you're wondering, between Friday and Sunday, um, we, uh, and online, we had over 1,000 people participate. Isn't that amazing? And uh, we had 12 people get saved. Isn't that even better? Come on. And uh, with that, Um, I just want to remind, if you're maybe new or, or not sure, but we want every person who gets saved to get baptized. So next Sunday, we're having a baptism service, and if you have not been baptized yet, or you rededicated your life, make sure you fill out the Connect card and sign up, or you can do that online as well, and get baptized, amen? It's gonna be great. Well, welcome online, we love you. I'll wave at you, hi online, thank you for being here. You can wave in the chat, but we're so glad. Our family, man, people are watching all over the world at different times, different places. It's just incredible, man, what technology can do. Well, today we're starting a brand new series, called the me I was designed to be. The me I was designed to be. And here's what the whole idea of this message is, and over the next four weeks we're going to be talking about this, is that you and I have been created by God, fearfully and wonderfully made by Him, to flourish, to flourish, to be an amazing light to this world. And yet, if we're honest, we see so many different people in this world not flourishing. And that should break our hearts. In fact, John 10.10 actually talks about that. You may be familiar with this passage, but it says that, that um, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. says The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and what? Do you realize you have an enemy, an enemy against your soul, against your family, against your kids, your business, your relationships? You have an enemy, and his one job is to destroy you. And then what Jesus says is, I have come, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now... When you read this part of Scripture, one of the things that I want to encourage our church is to grow in their love for the Word of God. And how we interpret and understand Scripture. Because what we have to do is look at the context of this verse. Because when you look at it from here, you're going to think there's only, how many thieves do we see in that passage? Just one, right? The thief comes. But if you read back and you look at the context of verse seven, look at this. This is so interesting. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you catch that? He went from one thief to multiple. All that came before me Are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Here's what Jesus is saying. If anybody tells you that there's a different way to heaven, they are a thief. And we have to be really clear about that because we live in a world where YouTube, social media, and you can just get Google anything and there you're gonna find all kinds of ways to heaven. So in some sense, social media could be a thief maybe. It's just a tool but the people on it, right? The lies that we believe, the different voices, the different things. And so what's so important and we actually did a whole series on being anchored in the Word of God. That's what we give life journals. We want you to be scriptures because it is now more important than ever that the body of Christ read their Bibles. It's now more important that you have your Bible. And, and here's what's funny. Most Christians have a Bible. They just don't open it. And it's not just enough to read it every once in a while, but you have to study the Bible. You have to know what it says. You have to understand because you and your family are designed to flourish. And if you don't know the word of God, you will not flourish. You were designed to flourish. That's why at Portland Christian Center, we do everything we can to set up different places and different different ways in our church for every single generation to flourish. Just on Friday night, I got to come see the seniors do a hymn sing. Come on. It was amazing. I'm not going to lie. It was amazing. Come on. We can clap for that. How great thou art. It was amazing. I love the hymns. My grandparents sang them all the time. And every once in a while, they'll come up and just all start singing it. Why? Because it's rich. It's powerful. And you know what? They're packed with the Word of God. You were designed to flourish. The youth that night... They had an all-nighter. Poor Pastor Jason. We just got to pray for Pastor Jason and the right now. He stayed up all night. The youth is flourished. Ladies, where are my sisters at? Come on. Myel has something special for you coming up in May. It's going to be a social and men were not allowed. Okay. I have been warned not to come to that. It's going to be an amazing time. Check out all that. And the, but men, don't worry. We have a men's breakfast the week before. That's right. But but the, that's right, Pastor Jason. I like it. Should we have a competition? Men, where are you at? Alright, ladies that are coming to social, where are you at? Oh, oh, not fair, not fair. Okay. Alright, ladies, you win, you win. But make sure you check out all the exciting things happening. Here's why I'm saying all this to you. We're designed to flourish. You and I are designed to flourish. Every generation is designed to flourish, but you have an enemy. Not only one, but multiple. Satan, yes, he's using different things to come against you, but we have to recognize that it's not just these vehicles and these voices, it's actually lies that we believe that can be a thief in your life that can actually stop you from becoming who God designed you to be, and that is to flourish. The me you were designed to be is to flourish. So what are we supposed to do? In a world where there's all these mixed messages, all these different things competing for your attention, don't you even feel it right now? There's tension for people. If I said cell phone, am I right? There's things competing for us constantly, And what I want to encourage you today is do not allow a thief to show up and steal what God has for you this morning. His word is alive, it's active, it's powerful. And if you're here today and maybe you've been believing a lie about yourself or about your family or different things, I am here to tell you that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through Him. He's the only way. And so today, in a world where so many people are languishing, we're going to flourish. How are we going to do that? The first step to flourishing, and if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to do that. The first step to flourishing is the big idea this morning is this. There is a God, and He's not you. Let's say that. Everybody should say, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Would you say that with me? One, two, three. There is a God, and he is not you. And he's a pretty good God. I'd say he's amazing. Come on. We got some in the front row bringing it. I love it. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in, prepared in advance for us to do. So he's God and he made you. And then I love in Psalms 139, 13 to 14, it says this. For you formed my inner inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. There is a God, and he's not you. He made you amazingly, wonderfully, beautifully. And here's why. Here's what he wanted you to do. He wants you to flourish. If God wants me to flourish, why are so many people, Christians included, not flourishing? And and here's what I want you to know. Today we're going to look at the life of David, who later becomes King David. Many people know him as King David, who did some amazing things. We're gonna look at his life because he's gonna teach us something about how to flourish when the voices around you may be louder than the truth that's within you. Because you and I are competing for something that maybe you're not even aware of. Here's what you're competing for the truth. In a world shouting lies, shouting all the things. I mean, it comes up in so different ways. It may not be shouting, but it could be in the media that we're watching. And one of the things that we hear over and over and over is that you can be anything you want to be. If you just dream it and imagine it, that's who you can be. And I want you to know, as wonderful as that sounds in the Disney movies, that's not what God says will cause you to flourish. Because we're like, wait, are you sure? That's not what Aladdin said. If I just had a prince or a princess, everything would be fine. I want you to look up at the screen behind me. We're not here to discover the me I want to be. We're not here to discover the me that somebody else wants me to be. We're not here to discover the me we're pretending to be. We're here to discover the me he, whoa. That was on me? You just pray right now. Lord Jesus, there are thieves everywhere. We're here to discover the me we were designed to be. And guess who designed it? God. He's the one that designed it. So we're going to look at the life of, of David because he actually has an amazing story that will help us understand how we can flourish in a world that's trying to destroy you. Are you ready for this? Because if David could flourish under these circumstances, we can flourish under any circumstance. Amen? So here we go. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 40. Here's what it says. David said to Saul. Now, you might be like, wow, that just jumped in real quick. Let me give you a little context. David has just been um, anointed as the future king of Israel. But it's so interesting because Samuel shows up to anoint one of the brothers of a father named Jesse. And Jesse has all his boys line up and he shows up and he's like, Eliab, you look good, maybe you should be. And God's like, nope. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So guess who doesn't get picked? Eliab. And he goes brother after brother after brother. And Samuel says one of the funniest things in scripture. He says, do you not have any more sons? Could you imagine being one of those sons in that lineup? (laughs) Oh, Not good enough, I guess. I was so close. So close to being a king. And then think about the rejection David must have felt. He wasn't even invited. I mean, could you imagine? They're like, well, I got one more son. He's out there with the sheep. I don't think he'd like David. And they're like, well, just bring him. I guess he's rejected everybody else. Maybe I'll reject David too. And lo and behold, he picks David. And David is this young boy. And he's tending sheep. He's not even old enough to go to war with his brothers. They're out fighting, and David's still with the sheep. Jesse calls him in and says, hey, go get your brother some food. So he loads up a cart, takes it to him, and when he shows up, Goliath's there. We've all heard the story. Maybe you haven't. It's like read your Bibles but, or just, watch, just YouTube it real quick when you get home. But Goliath is this giant Philistine, and he sh- when David shows up, Goliath's cursing God and cursing the Philistines. And he's saying, come out and fight me. And David is just indignant. He's upset. He's ready to fight. And his brothers are mad at him. They're like, you spoiled little brat. You're not going to win. And they're arguing. They're all upset. They probably are still upset about not getting chosen. And David's like, I'll fight him. And somehow him saying, I'll fight him, gets him in front of King Saul, who, by the way, he's going to take his throne here in just a few years. So here's the conversation they have. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Okay, let's just stop just for a second. <laughs> Have you ever had your kids tell you a story and you're like, yeah, right. A bear and a lion by the hair, are you sure? I mean, come on, right? If I, just being honest, what would be a harder thing to fight? A bear or a man? Even a giant man. I think a bear would be harder. Anybody else with me on this? A lion? I've been to the zoo a lot since we moved to Portland because my kids love the zoo. And the bears and the lions, those, those things are massive. And David's saying, hey, don't you worry, I got this Goliath. You know why? I've been killing lions and bears. I'm ready. And so here's what happens. This this is amazing. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Okay, that's how you know God was on David's side at that point. Then Saul dressed him in his own tunic, put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. Could you imagine? I mean, it says that Saul is a a head taller than everybody else in Israel. David's a little boy. He's putting on this big old garb and he's like, "I, I don't know if I can do it. And this is what he says. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. I mean, it's just amazing to think about that this guy is going to take on a warrior, a giant, that we're going to be talking about thousands of years later, and he's going out with a sling and a staff and five smooth stones. It looks like there's no way, but here's what I want you to understand. Flourishing in the kingdom of God does not usually look like what the world thinks flourishing looks like. In fact, did you see the very first thief in this passage for flourishing? Did you see it? It's in verse 32. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to go back on your phones, but I'm gonna read it to you. It says this. David said to Saul... Let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight him. The battle really is for your heart. I see this all the time when I talk to people. They say, do you listen to what's happening on the news? Yes. Do you read what the papers are saying? Do you see what they're teaching in schools? And I hear people say things like this. Oh, this generation has no chance. And I want something to rise up inside of us that says, actually, the same God who can take down a giant with a boy that's saying he can kill bears and lions is the same God who can turn this generation around. The same God who can turn our government around. The same God who can change everything. There needs to be something inside of us when we see bad news we should be saying, God, how are you going to turn this around? This is going to be one wild miracle. Yeah. That's what faith looks like. Right. So if I can encourage you right now, if you are stressed, if you are worried and fearful, be careful. Because the first thing the thief's going after is your heart. Right. And if he can get you to lose heart, you won't pray with faith. You see, the prayers of a righteous man avail much. And in this place, I want to encourage some of you today, because you've been around for a long time. We won't count the years, but you've survived harder things than this. You've seen God show up. And I want to encourage you, prayer warriors. This is no time to get off your pillow. Remember that, sorry? Or get off your knees. Keep praying, keep believing. Because when you do that, we're going to see Portland flourish. We're going to see our cities flourish, our schools flourish. Our s- everything's going to flourish. Why? Because that's the way God designed it to be. And he put you here to make that happen. So our job is not to lose heart. You see, the lies of the enemy is trying to steal your heart. But God says, I want you to live with a full, flourishing, open heart, completely surrounded by the love of God. And just because the shouts of Goliath are the loudest doesn't make him true. It doesn't make him true. And here's the thing. There's a lie that's been spread around from the enemy for a long time. And it's an attack on not just the heart, but the identity of people. And here's what Genesis, the truth of what Scripture says about you and me. If we're going to flourish, we need to know the truth about us. Genesis one twenty seven says this. This is so important. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Should I read that one more time? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I want to say this so lovingly and so clearly Flourishing is being content and excited about the me, God, and female. He designed you that way. And so the first step in flourishing is you have to be rooted in God's word, not in what the culture says. God designed us in his image, male and female. Just a few decades ago, this point of the sermon would not even be something I would have to say. But we live in a culture that if I were to go out anywhere else and just read the Bible... Read this, people would say, you are intolerant, you are mean, and you have no idea and no way to be talking like that. We have to understand, that is a thief trying to keep you from flourishing. So do I cower with a loud voice or do I stand on the truth of what God says? Am I anchored and rooted in the word of God? You see, one of the things that I am called to do as, as the pastor here, as a pastor as someone who loves God, is to rightly divide the Word of God, to speak the truth in love. And we are going to be a people that preach the Word of God always. Amen. We are not going to bow down. We're not going to cower. We're not going to be afraid. We're going to preach the Word of God. Amen. And what I want to encourage you is when that, when some, because you're going to face this, right? People are going to say, "I, I don't agree with you. I don't experience that truth. That's just not true for me. The most important thing that you can do is love them, is love them. You don't have to fight with them. You don't have to argue. If you're right, why do you have to get upset about it? If the truth is the truth, it will win out. And the, the most sad thing about all of that is if Christians would just be rooted in who they are in Christ, they would be a flourishing example that everyone else would want to be a part of. That's who we're called to be. And so I want to encourage you. You are his handiwork. And as I'm talking about being a man or a woman and being flourishing in God's kingdom, the saddest part that I see so many people is that they don't like who they see in the mirror. They're devastated. They're not happy with where they've become, what they've done, the mistakes they've made, and they throw guilt and shame and pain and disappointment and anger and frustration And their whole life, they're looking at it, they're like, man, I want to flourish, but I'm not flourishing. And they say things like this, I wish I could be anybody else but me. And I'm here to tell you, God made you you for a reason. You are loved, you are called, and you are designed. I just read it to you in Psalms 139, made beautifully and wonderfully, uniquely, just the way that you are, to glorify him. I was watching a, a, a little video on YouTube, and uh, there was a picture of something I thought was really cool, cherry blossoms. Anybody else enjoying the cherry blossoms right now in Portland? Amazing! I lived in the Tri-Cities, there was a few, but Portland has a lot of beautiful cherry blossoms. Well, in this video, it was a pastor, and he was talking about um, one of his friends in the sun. They were looking at some cherry blossoms, and this boy, he was about eight years old, and he was just crying his eyes out. So sad. And dad walks him and says, why, why are you crying? And he's like, Don't you see the cherry blossoms? They are beautiful. Aren't they amazing? He goes, and he's just crying. He's so upset. He goes, I want an apple tree. He's like, son, I'm sorry. But that is a cherry blossom tree. And he goes, I want an apple tree. And so this kid actually went up to the tree and started screaming at the tree I want apples. I want apples. All the screaming in the world, guess what that tree still was? <laughs> a cherry blossom tree. So his dad pulled him aside. And he said, hey, you know, what's going on? And they went over, took him, and they bought some apples, and he was okay. He was happy. But just because we perceive or want something to, to be true doesn't mean it's true. If you don't have a truth, an anchor to put up against as an example, you'll never know what reality really is. And we live in a culture trying to push things on us that are just simply not true. And I want to encourage and strengthen everybody here in this house at Portland Christian Center that we can be rooted in God's word. And when you are rooted in God's word, you will flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. That was really good. You can say amen to your neighbor. <laughs> the second thing that you need, number two, in order to flourish, is you've got to be authentic. You've got to be authentic. Refuse to be someone other than who God made you to be. Other people, isn't this true? Other people have a you they want you to be. Just ask them. You may work for a boss. He wants you to work harder. You may work for somebody like, I want you to be this over here. I want you to be stronger. I want you to be leaner. I want you to be bigger. I want you to be smelling better. Lots of different things. Everybody has a me they want you to be. But have we stopped and asked the question, Who has God authentically called me to be? You see, in 1 Samuel, look what David did. 1 Samuel 17, 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor on on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones, From the stream, put them on the on the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Saul was trying to get him to fight one way, but God had created him to fight this way. There is a thief trying to get you to live your life completely different. And what you have to recognize is every battle that you're going through is actually a setup. Lions and bears, you know what they were really doing? Preparing David for Goliath. And I want you to write this down. Your struggle today is preparation for your victory tomorrow. Your struggle today is your preparation for victory tomorrow. Because some of you have walked in with some seriously heavy things. And you're wondering, man, am I supposed to be who God says I'm? I just don't feel like I'm flourishing. I'm struggling. And I want you to know your struggle today is preparation for your victory tomorrow. And how do you discover that by authentically learning and discovering and becoming exactly who God designed you to be? I want Pastor Jason to come on up. Would you give it up to Pastor Jason? And John, come on up, John. Cuz as Pastor Jason comes on up, thank you so much. Looking good, my man. Looking good. Let's John, will you get on the other side? Would you give it up for John? You're looking good as well. But and let's just stretch it out. Now, if this was a tug-of-war contest, who do you think would win? John. John. All right, let's go. No. We won't, we won't do that. But, but here, here's what I want, to, I want you to, this is going to kind of sound funny, but every single person, just for the sake of this illustration, you're me. Okay? I know. It's okay. Just for the illustration. <laughs> okay. This is you. And your whole life. You have been getting messages about who are you supposed to, what's the authentic version of you? And maybe you grew up with a family that read the Bible and scripture and they helped you understand and you went to church and you understood all these different things. God designed me, He fearfully wanted to be made, I'm supposed to be a man of God, all these things. But what if you didn't? What if you grew up with lies? What if you grew up thinking that all these different confusing messages? How do you discover in a world where everything is pluralistic and everything is just pulling in from all kinds of things, how how do I become who God called me to be? You see, the way that we become the way God called me to be is just really simple. It's this. Pastor Jason, you get to represent God. (laughs) And you get to represent God's will for my life. John, I'm sorry. But you get to represent man's will for himself. And here's the problem that most of us have, is that we think that there'll be times when I get to choose which way I want to go. And the longer you do that, you will never discover the authentic version of you. But the authentic version of you doesn't look like, oh, God, will you do all the work for me? Just pull. And a lot of Christians do that. This is what they say. If it's meant to be, he'll just do it. I'm not sure. I, I, I look at the Bible and God says, no, 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 no. If you work with me, all things are possible. So what it actually looks like is this. I lay down my life and I get on what God's doing and we pull together in a direction. And guess what ends up happening? The selfish side of me, it starts to follow. It starts to go where it's supposed to go. The flesh, hello, the things that, good job, we didn't even practice. You see, because here's what ends up happening. God is here pulling for you and me. His will is to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a glorious hope and to flourish in the kingdom of God. But you don't do that doing your own thing. We do that in discovering what God has called us to be. And I want to say something really powerful. Pastor Jason, that is you, my man. God has done an amazing thing in your life. I know your testimony and your story. I know that there was a time where you did your own way. But now that you're doing your own way, the church needs to know tomorrow, Pastor Jason is going to be ordained as a pastor as the of as God. Come on over here for a second. Come on over here. And come on over come on over. I would like your wife to come up, my wife to come up, uh, deacons and pastors. I want you guys to come up real quick. We're going to pray for Pastor Jason. And this is so important. I, I, Pastor Jason, I'm sorry I had to surprise you for this. He has no idea I'm doing this to him. But this is a perfect illustration, and here's why. Where's John going? No, oh, John, you can go. You're good. You're good. You're good. John, you can take the rope. How about that? So, Pastor Jason, in the short time that I've known you and heard your story, come on, Courtney, come on up I have seen you become the authentic version of you. And it's because you're doing His will. And being an ordained minister of the assemblies of God, they're going to honor Him in front of all the assemblies of God. But I thought, because this is your church, we're the family, that we should pray and bless Him, shouldn't we? And we got you a little gift as well. Some people are like, what is in that box? You want to show it to them? That'd be really good. Go ahead. I'll hold the box for you. There you go. What's in the other box? This is gonna keep opening. Keep going. <laughs> and we've all been to those. There you go. This is from the the the, the Portland Christian Center family. Yes. So go ahead and I want you to pull the watch out. Go ahead. Pull it out. Yes. But I want you to read what's on the inside of it. This is so important. Not the price tag. <laughs> what does it say? Can you read Ord- it? Ordain Jason Maline, 417. 20, 23. 23. <laughs> I'm a little caught off guard. You don't find me short <laughs> for words. but God has ordained you. Among all the voices, all the things that's happened in your life, the times when you thought you were down, you were out, you weren't going to make it, this is a sign to you, the authentic version of you, is you are called, you are ordained, and you're a mighty man of God. And he's not done with you yet. Amen. And as part of your church family, we want to bless you, and we're believing big things for you to, and the students. But the most important thing we want everyone to understand is that we're never finished. God's always working with us, but we need the, mar- the markers in our lives that say, this is the day I know this is the authentic version of me. Amen. Amen. Would you extend your hands this way? We're going to pray for Pastor Jason. Come on around, deacons. That's awesome. So, Father, right now, we thank you for Pastor Jason. We love him. We honor him. And for Courtney and his, and his family, I just bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray right now, Father, that you would help him as he gets ordained to continue to discover the me he was designed to be. The authentic version of him. This is a moment in time that we get to mark, but it's also something that he can look forward to that you're not done with him. That he is rooted and authentically becoming all that you've called him to be. We bless him in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Would you give our Pastor Jason? Love you. <laughs> Here you go. You can take it. Would you stand with me, church? Stand with me, church. And the worship team's gonna come forward in just a second. But I want you to ask yourself a question. If someone were to come to you and imagine it's something that's really important to you, and to say a lie over you, your family, your kids, your marriage, your health, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You see, the finished line of that story is that David goes and he takes his sling and he charges Goliath, who, by the way, is just a really big target. And he swings it. And if you do some studies, you find out that actually David was the one with the upper hand because Saul's just standing there. And they did some tests on what, how fast that, that uh, rock would go. It could get up to the speed of a forty-five caliber pistol. Hits him right in the forehead, knocks him down, and he's slain. The authentic version of you is meant to slay some giants. Don't let the shouts of the enemy drown out the true authentic version of you. This morning, there are some people here as I'm as I'm preaching that there's a war for your identity. Whether you're online, and I, I just want saints of God, if you know who you are, would you start praying right now? Because there's a I just feel there's a spiritual tug right now in the room, and online there are people here that are hearing my voice, and there's been lies set over them. They are struggling with the authentic me that God designed them to be, and they want to flourish, but they're not flourishing. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that the lies of the enemy would be broken off, that they would be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, if everyone would bow your heads and close your eyes, everybody around the room, and you want to surrender your life to God, there is a God, he's not you. The first step to flourishing is surrendering your life to him. If that's you this morning, would you just slip up your hand right now? I would love to pray with you. You want to surrender your life once and for all to God. Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. Double-handed. I love it. I love it. I see that hand right there. That's amazing. I see that hand, That's amazing. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands up. Thank you. Come on. I see that hand in the balcony. That's amazing. Anybody else? The authentic version of you is who God made you to be. You're a child of God. See that hand? That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. There's freedom in the house. So, Father, today, in fact, church, would everyone repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sin and I turn to you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Help me to discover the me you designed me to be. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a praise for those that raised their hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If I could have the prayer partners come. Sorry, I'll try and keep it together these moments right here we're going to worship Jesus so we're going to pray together we're intentionally going to keep the music down for a little bit not so loud so we can pray but the war is real the war is real church and we need to be people that fight for each other The worst battle that I think we see right now is Christians killing Christians. We see this all the time, don't we? There's nothing worse than friendly fire. Now, I know there's times to hold each other accountable. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the way that we are going to flourish is that we're going to lift up each other and pray for each other. see people healed, see people delivered, see people set free, and we're going to worship Jesus. You see, the best way that you can flourish is to realize that you were designed to glorify God. And if you're taking notes, that was the third point I ran out of time, is to glorify God. You were designed to glorify God. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you have any prayer requests, anything at all that you need prayer for, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. But I would also want to encourage you, if you're standing and you're not ready to come down or wherever you're at, do not miss this moment to worship God. Do not miss this worship, this moment to glorify God. There is something that happens when we glorify God. Things change in his presence. Would you lift your hands with me as we get ready to worship Jesus? Father, I pray for every person right now, as we get ready to sing these songs and worship and adoration of you, the loving one, true God. I pray that you would transform our hearts, that you would change us and challenge us. And I pray as people start coming down right now to get prayer, I pray for miracles. I pray for people that have been praying for disease and sickness, that have been praying for weeks, maybe years, that they would be healed today that they would be free. I pray for those that are struggling with addiction that they would come down and they would be set free. I pray for marriages, God, to be restored. I pray, Lord Jesus, that people who are struggling with their identity would know who they are in Christ, that the truth of God would reign above the noise of this world. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come for life. So I pray that over your people today, life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.